The beats, the flow, the rhythm, all movements start from the streets. Streets saying our podcast. Young God, man. Young God. <laughs> he laces like that. Somebody, somebody better call Griselda. They playing. Man. They ain't playing. We playing. Man. Shout out to the young God. Young God on the beat, man. Intro fire. But yeah, welcome to the Streets A&R Podcast. This is episode two. Yeah, we full two. No issues, no halves. This is episode two. Yes, sir. Um, it's your one of your hosts right here. Giddy Jicky with it. Um. When to my side we have it's your boy Johnny No Good. That's J O N N Y K N O G Double O at a D. Uh, you can find me on all your social medias at that man. Man, we here, man. It's funny, man, that we doing this podcast, man, and we sitting here talking about a lot of stuff when it comes to hip hop music, and a lot of people truly don't understand the elements of hip hop and stuff, man. So I'm looking forward to this uh, this segment of this episode for sure, but. Before we get to hip hop, and before we get to this episode, for real, <laughs> I took my brother Johnny on a little escapade last night. <laughs> I had to introduce him to some stuff that he didn't know nothing about. Oh, and, and so, if you didn't know, I don't know. If some of y'all know I am a proud member of a fraternity, a black fraternity. Uh, I am a member of Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated, and. Our sister sorority down here in Omaha, Nebraska, Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated, they had a little neophyte presentation. <laughs> and I had the pleasure of taking my boy Johnny to one of these. Man. And even before that, I had to kind of, I was explaining a little bit of what we doing or what it would be like and even showed him my, my probate. So I probated and they had a presentation and that's different, but we ain't getting into that. This ain't that type of plot. <laughs> but I want brother Johnny to just talk about what he saw. <laughs> <laughs> All oh, sides of what man. he saw. Oh man. Uh, but, uh, cause he told me, he said, man, this is what I missed out on. <laughs> I was like, yeah, man, you know, the Greek life is cool. He's like, no man, the women, man. <laughs> <laughs> the college experience, man. Uh, yeah, shout out to my bro, uh, get a jiki with it, man, and shout out to the sisters at Zai. What is it? Zeta Phi Beta. Man, see, look at me, about to get this. Say Zetas, the Zetas, the Zetas. Look at me, I'm talking about how fine they is. I ain't getting no play sitting there messing up the <laughs> order and everything. But first of all, man, them sisters was powerful. Um, it's one thing to see, you know, beautiful women, but it's another thing to see beautiful women who discipline. You know, and um, seeing the strength that those ladies had holding down the line, man, was powerful. Uh, with that being said, man, yeah, man, I didn't have a real college experience, man. I went to I went to a community college. I went over to Iowa Western for a semester. I went to Metro Community College for a while, man. But I didn't have a real, like, full-blown community, I mean, real-life college experience. Mm. And um, last night, man. Seeing some of those sisters, man, how how put together they was, bro. That was eye opening, bro. Like, yeah, and, and that was that was a taste of the you know just that was just that little bit of kind of what you see in in Greek life and not even being able to see the full breadth of college. And then for me, somebody like me, I went to you know I went to a PWI, but boy, my PWI was litty like a titty. <laughs> And <laughs> we literally, I went to Ohio University, and you better look it up. Back when I was in school, was 2006 to 2010 or so, go look up who the number one party school in the nation was. Huh. Huh. Y'all remember Girls Gone Wild? Huh. You remember the Halloween edition? Guess where they was at? Stop playing. You stay on certain streets, and at least you had to throw a party. So we had, we had to, we had a, a I even had a different experience. Going somewhere like that than other places, but yeah, man, it's just that environment of, of Greek life and unity, and and seeing it. Even if sometimes the orgs have their little divisions and divides in in each org, mm. seeing the unity, seeing the uh, like you said, the discipline, the knowledge that you have to do, the things you have to exert, and the things you learn about yourself during that whole process, 
Um, and it's beautiful when we actually, you know, put it back out into the world and take these principles that we that we pledge to, bro. Like when you see it and you see how they interact with other groups. Um, and I used to I tell people all the time, for the most part, most of the most famous, well-known African-Americans in this country, they all belong to a black Greek letter organization. Mm. There's very, very few that we kind of know and, and or celebrate that don't. And there's something to be said about that, you know. It don't why mean you, it's necessary. Why you think that that is that most of the uh, black people who then made an impact in culture and society belong to an organization? There, there's different. There's different ways, different sides of it. But one of the things is um, seeing the value um, of belonging to an organization and ha- learning how to um, manifest what it is you set out to do. When you're trying to get into these orgs, especially the old school, uh, old school way, there's things and processes that you have to go through that you had to do back then. And that taught you how they were there to mold you into a better person and learning how to persevere. And I think going through that and having a camaraderie and understanding how to work with one another, understanding you need to to be in unison with this person. You may not even like them, but you got to be in step in unison with this person you, you learn to do that in your community work. You learn to do that in your business. You learn the importance of working together to a common goal. You you learn all of these things. And that's and I think you just take those principles and you just apply them in life. And I think that's really a lot of times why and how these people have had practice at doing this, practice at coming together, meeting people for the first time, mm. going through something together, that bond of going through something together. And moving out from that and how to push forward and how to be organized and how to have each other's backs. That's just it's just lessons that you just move with. So I think for me, that's probably one of the main reasons, like even the most radical, bro. My fraternity brothers is Huey P. Newton and Bobby Seale. Mm. Understand Mm. what we talking about here. So it's even though Huey, I think, was on record saying I went to college so I could learn how to be a better criminal. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to my brother, man. But he did some things, but I, it speaks to it. Even the most radical, quote unquote, radical of us, um, it still it still teaches those lessons. And you just got to get that glimpse. And um, hopefully one day we just teach you more and then just so you can see what it is and what it ain't and see how we can continue to work and work with these organizations and how these organizations can continue to grow and do more for us as we keep moving. You know what I'm saying? Like we need it. Mm-hmm. And we all need it. And trust me, you ain't got to be one to make an impact. Believe me. <laughs> but it does give you a good base and a, and a great network to pull from. And that's one of the biggest benefits. But yeah, man, they fine. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Uh, shout out to the sisters uh, who who we were celebrating with last night, too. Oh, yeah. You know, afterwards. We stopped by my homegirl. She's in, she's in AKA Alpha Kappa Alpha. Kappa Alpha. And they had a little ceremony. Shout out to them, man, here in Omaha. They brought in, I think, 12 sisters as well. So shout out to them, man. And we just had a had to stop by and just uh, see one of my friends who was in town. She was in town for that because she's an AKA as well. She was supporting her, one of her good friends from here. So, And I was like, oh, man, it's just good being around some beautiful women just man. and just chill, just having a good time, no static, no no BS. And, and, you know, we're going to get to that part of not having no static and no BS and what these environments should look like on today's topic. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, man, I'm glad you came, bro. I really am. Like, Man, thank you for inviting me, man. Like, honestly, like I said, it was different, different environment, man. Um, I still got my biases, man. But uh, I definitely, I definitely uh, was looking at the environment like, yeah, this was, this was pretty cool. Yep. Cool, man. So. Today, though, we're going to hop on in our topic, man. Just We're going right into it. Um, it's a little bit of a history, but this this subject is near and dear to me. Mm. Uh, I told people that I, I do DJ. Um, I'm a disc jockey. And I don't think right now in the world and our culture, we kind of have slipped from what a DJ is supposed to be doing mm. and how we're supposed to be, you know, what we were responsible for and what we aren't. Mm. what our skills are supposed to be and what we aren't Mm. and what are the environments that we set Mm. and and talking about it. And I might bring up some stuff even locally, but man, we got to talk about this. So 
we're going to dive into the history, and I want my brother Johnny to help me out a little bit too and make sure I don't miss anything. But okay. when we talk about hip-hop culture, right, everybody knows about hip-hop. First hip-hop party, if you don't know, 1973, I think in September, mm -hmm. on Sedgwick, Sedgwick Avenue mm. in the Bronx. Mm. There was a DJ mm. named DJ Cool Hurt. Mm. DJ Cool Herc, go look him up. His pictures, he was cool. He he earned the name. That boy, he looked cool as shit. Cool Herc looked cool, bro. I ain't gonna lie. I want I want to hang around Cool Herc. Man, shout out to DJ Cool Herc. But uh, he was in there. He threw a little rent, a little party in his in his little little apartment building, right? Mm. And in this party, what he figured out was. He knew that every time a record come on, regardless of the genre, for the most part, during that time, mm -hmm. in the 60s and 70s, there was always this part in the song. Mm. This part in the song had just a, it was a drum break mm. where they kind of let the drummers get down. You know, drummers are usually one of the funkier uh, instrumentalists in the band because they just like to go. They like create new sounds. The drum break would be the drummers getting it in. Mm. Don't even match the tempo of the song sometimes. But they just get on their beat and they go crazy. He noticed that, hey, people really groove on this little four bar, eight bar, 16 bar break. Only a few seconds. So what he was doing was taking that part of a song, buying the same record. He would play the drum break. Play it on the other song as soon as this one ends on one turntable. Play it on the other so it's boom, 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 and he go back and forth. Hmm. So where he takes a eight to twelve second part, makes that thing into a two minute jam, and people are dancing. And then find the next record with a cold drum break, and the next record. And he was what we were called needle dropping, bro, which is a crazy. So if you anybody ever had y'all know what a record player is? Shout out to my people over the age of thirty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a record player. Had that record and it has a needle on it. He would take that needle and place it right at the part, for the most part, where that drum break starts. Mm. Listening in his headphones for the part. And then when that part's coming, turns up the volume on the speakers and that part will play. And he would take the needle on the other one, get it ready and drop it right on that start point and dropping it. That's a needle drop. I ain't never going to do that technique. That is preci precision at its finest. Mm. But he had the party going. And he had it going. So other people heard about this. People were bootlegging his tapes. Um, there's some there's some things. You can actually go look up some things like uh, the history of hip-hop. Uh, Netflix has a great documentary series on the history of hip-hop. Hmm. Um, I kind of forget. I think it's kind of like the history of hip-hop. I forget the official name. But go to Netflix and look it up. And then also there's a, a oh, you, about, you ain't talking about that evolution of hip -hop. The evolution of hip hop. Evolution. So check out that first season and you'll you'll really get a, a, a good general grasp of how this thing got started. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's a good show that they have not rebooted on Netflix. Mm. Shout out to the Get Down, man. That was my show. <laughs> Shout out to the Get Down. <laughs> I still gotta check that out, man. Yeah. I know that that's uh Based off of a lot of the uh, legends, you know, like Grandmaster Flash and mm -hmm. them. So I still got to check that out. Well, yeah. So they did a good job. Even though it's kind of, uh, it's, it's a, uh, it's, it's not a, um, I'm going to say a false. What's the word for like a book? Um, that's I'm just blanking. We blanking. Fiction. fiction. It's fiction. I don't know. <laughs> Bless me. Uh, but it's fiction, but it has a lot of real elements in it about how things got done and even putting in the people that we were discussing that really made this thing move. So Cool Herc started that. So it was a cat. We just talked about, said his name, Grandmaster Flash. Mm. Grandmaster Flash was known for, uh, he had to, he found out about DJing and he kind of locked himself in the house and figured out how to really turn DJing into turntablism. Mm. Um, what I mean is, back in the day, they had records. I got a stack of records right here. Um, I got here's a little little forty five. Hmm. I don't even know who this is. We got forty five, but that's say you just had the whole record. He would put get the record, place it on there. Now back in the day, you weren't supposed to put your hands on records. Hmm. You just drop it, put the needle down. Grandmaster Flash did this. 
And people were kicking his ass out of clubs for touching the records. They thought mm. that was blasphemy, thought it was going to mess it up. Mm. So he was putting his hands on record, bringing them back to points, having the needle heavy, so digging a groove in it. I think they thought it was going to mess it up. What he was doing is getting his points. He would draw on the records. He would put a line like a crayon line this way for a starting point, and he'll put a line in one of the grooves. So he know on this is where that song track, that break is, and this is the starting point of that break. Mm. And he would have it drawn on. Bing. So now he can get to a quick. He can see it. He rewind it right to that point. Boom. <laughs> if you know Grandmaster Flash is a nerd, he he is a he'll tell you he's a nerd. This man has a mathematical formula about how many times to watch the record spin to know what point it's at, mm. to bring it back. He says just count. You can just count it. <laughs> and it works every time. Man, that's crazy, that's bro. Math. Like, that's crazy. He's a scientist, a, a mathematician, scientist, nerd, uh, God, and DJing. But, and what he was doing, he kind of created and started turntablism. And there were other people following him who really took it on, even like, uh, I think it was uh, the Grand Wizard the uh, Theodore. Yeah, Grand Wizard Theodore. Um, first person discovered scratching. Yep. So, and he got busy, you know what I'm saying? And then you had somebody as influential. I know it's a little controversial sometimes to talk about him, but uh, Africa Bambata. And he really kind of pushed the movement of hip hop, of turning the streets into something positive. And instead of having people shoot out and stuff, starting the Zulu Nation, he had them boys real life handling beef with dance battles. Hmm. You get what I'm saying? Built a nation, organized. Yeah, yeah but it's it's just it's, just, it's hard to you know yeah. try to act like he uh, and you know yeah. Despite whatever contribution somebody that had in hip hop, it's hard to overlook some of the stuff that he didn't did, bro. So yeah, like, we're not gonna overlook it. We're just gonna say that's what he did, and he his contribution was. The movement part of it and the organizing. Mm -hmm. We can leave that alone. If you want to know more about it, please go look it up. <laughs> we ain't going to sully his name more than he sullied it himself. For sure. <laughs> not for sure. That's one thing that, you know, we ain't here to do. We're not here to, you know, we're not here to put no bad lights on no other black people, but we definitely got to be responsible. Right. So that's how we started. And you got to understand hip hop in itself started out. By the definition, hip and hop. We talked about it last time. Hmm. Hip was slang for cool, in style, upbeat, you know, on target. Hop was referring to the movement, and which refers even more directly to dance and, and movement. Hip hop was started, bro, by primarily first, and sometimes even before the DJ, hmm. the graffiti artist. Because hmm. that movement was moving. They, were, they had some new funky artists in town. And they blended. Then you had the DJ. The DJ would play those break beats. And then you had the dancers, the B-boys and B-girls, the break boys and break girls. And some child will tell you it's even meant, uh, I think, even more Bronx girls and Bronx boys who were dancing hmm. first. But they just changed it to break boys and break girls. Hmm. And then to get the party live, you had to have a master of ceremony. Mm -hmm. Somebody who was good with words. Somebody who can get the crowd hype. Mm. That's your MC, mm -hmm. master of ceremony, the mic checker. And we are at a point, you know, now where we have all of those elements running and sometimes they're blended. Mm. But it's important that we understand that the role of a DJ back then is probably more so in tune to what the role of a DJ should be now with the introduction of the Internet. Mm. So when we talk about DJing and stuff like that. Uh, what do people think about when they talk? When you hear a DJ, what do you think a DJ does? When you hear somebody, he a DJ. <laughs> well, that's a little different, man. You know, I'm not the average, but, you know, the average person hears DJ and they probably thinking of somebody who get the party going, somebody who plays songs uh, and stuff like that. Um, so that's that's what that's what I think of or I think the average person think of when they hear DJ. Yeah, um, pretty much. Uh, nowadays, everybody think that the DJ is somebody that they can uh, run up to. <laughs> hey, hey, DJ, DJ. Hey, let me hear that. What's the name? Whoopty Wop. Hey, hey, <laughs> DJ. Let me uh, let me get this. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't remember the last time I seen Jazzy Jeff 
get a request. I don't know last time I seen Craze get a request. I don't know last time I think we seen any major clubs, especially back in the day. The DJ was there to be your introduction to half of the music that you heard. Mm. The DJ was the artist. You were there. People followed the DJs. Mm. The DJs were powerful. The DJs set the mood. The DJs really curated the, the environment. And when we talk about curating the environment, depending on what you're doing and where you're at, the DJ is in charge and he's going to tell you how you should feel and what you should do by the music. Not by the word, not by his words or her words, but by the music. Meaning, if you're at a fashion show and you have a, let's say you have a DJ there, even if you don't have a DJ there, you should consult the DJ on what the mood is, what the vibe of the, the fashion is, what your theme is, and help have them help you curate your music to line up with your show and what you want to put out to the crowd. Hmm. Meaning every show don't need to be just the club turn-up music. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to have a very different ear for music and to say, oh, well, this song would go great. You doing a Halloween thing? Maybe you should check out this artist. This sound will go great with this. The DJ could have a role in that, bro. Should have a role. We should be prominent in these roles. Um, and by DJing, it goes beyond just the turntable, this and that. It's just people who have an ear to make an event happen and know how to make the music for that event. Cause that's what we're ultimately responsible for is that. But we also have issues with like, and my biggest gripe right now, the club. Hmm. Johnny no good. I'm 34. <laughs> Johnny no good. Do you know when I was in the clubs? How, how long ago was you in the clubs? That bro? was back. I graduated high school in 05. Hmm. Even before graduating, I went middle school. I was in Texas, hmm. 98, 99, 2000, them years. Bro, do you not, for me, that might have been the greatest party club era of music that we ever encountered. You said what years? The ni- late 90s, early 2000s. Hmm. And and I will battle you old heads about the 90s all day up and down. Because, hmm. you know, when the 99 and the, when you heard taking over for the 99 and the 2000. <laughs> you knew what was finna happen. And me being from East Texas, that's right next to the Shreveport, Louisiana. Mm. You know, Louisiana twerk capital. Yeah. It's where it started. Yeah, no, nah, I started, uh, you know, you think about cash money and they they run that they had in the late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, yeah, that was definitely magical. Um, I'm thinking of set it off right now. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> That was like a groundbreaking video. Yep. So, no, nah, I definitely. Understand in middle school, I remember when uh, Nelly dropped E.I. <laughs> I remember being on the dance floor and hearing, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I remember oh, going man. to the party in my windbreaker suit, baby blue windbreaker suit with my black and baby blue and one shoes. <laughs> hey, that's funny, though. I still, I still remember uh, underlay, uh, not underlay, underlay, but uh, what's the what's the other one? Uh, his first track. Oh, uh, country grammar. I'm going down, down, baby. <laughs> Yo, street. Hey, that stuff. Was, hey, that stuff crazy, man. Street stripper, baby, cock back, ready, let it. But yeah. You know, so, and this is, and you know what happened when these songs came on back then? Even in middle school, do you know what happened? What happened? It was Twerk City, <laughs> little, little dingling going up everywhere. <laughs> this nigga said Twerk Sessions. Little you know, dingling. That make everywhere. me think of a uh, 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 BET Uncut. <laughs> BET. <laughs> Don't play with us this time and bring back uh, and start doing that, uh, whatever that trick show was with Ashton Kutcher. We want the actual Uncut back. Stop playing. When they had <laughs> when they had uh, Tip Drill on there in that tip one drill. song. What was that song that was playing all the time? White. Girl. girl, I'm talking about them white girls. <laughs> hey, but you know a song. Hey, 
uh Chingy song right there on Uncut, the Uncut version. I never heard the Uncut Ooh, version. It, no, the song the same. The <laughs> video. Oh, a whole different video, huh? <laughs> hey, d- hey, shout out to 50 Disco Inferno. Okay. Yeah, you didn't watch that video? I never did. I heard about it. Oh my God. I heard about it. <laughs> you wasn't you know, hey, you know, I, was, I was young, bro. Yeah, like you, you was, gotta realize yeah. I was sneaking on there. Like that stuff was borderline soft corn. Yeah. That was like soft porn yeah, back bro. then. You know what I'm saying, bro? Like you see the when he took the little credit card nah. and he made that transaction, you know what I'm saying, bro? Like, I had to learn how to not objectify women <laughs> after stuff like that. You get what I'm saying, bro? He took that credit card and made that transaction, bro. Like, Listen, yeah. Man. <laughs> yeah. It was another, I'm blanking on the name. I just, rem- oh, I ain't got no panties on. <laughs> ain't got no panties on. I, I, I ain't got no panties on the, one, on the dance uh, flow. Uh, ludicrous them. Oh, head he down, <laughs> oh man, popping. Hey, head, <laughs> hey, on the headstand. Now okay. I want, now I want you to imagine. <laughs> not that, not the videos. Don't we have? I'm look. All those videos just ran through my head. They fresh for some reason. They are burned into my head. Programming. <laughs> great, great programming. programming. We, <laughs> <laughs> but I want you to imagine what the party scene was like when them songs came on. You could. What do you, bro? Everybody moving, I, I, grooving, and dancing, bro. Man, shout out, man. You talk about streets and our podcast, and you talk about that time period. Anybody in Omaha know who Dre Rash is, man. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Dre Rash, man, and the Omaha Flyers parties that he used to throw around that time period, bro. Like when you talk about like the city, um, back when Ames and the Strip was popping. And the strip was when everybody used to drive up and down Ames Street, bro. Like, you know, it'd be crowded and just, you couldn't even get through. But that was the environment. And, you know, it was a lot of people, you know, a lot of people was on different type of mind, altering drugs and stuff like that, too. But the club environment, people was having fun, bro. People was having money, getting money. Like, it was a different environment, man. Mm-hmm. A lot of things changed after 07, 08. Yep. And, and I was in Tyler, Texas at this time. And then Tyler, I remember high school, it was a group. Shout out to them, man. They were called the Circle Boys. Mm. And they was throwing, I wasn't even allowed to go to the party. Circle Boys. Circle Boys. Circle Boys. You know what I'm saying? That's a name right there. The Circle Boys. And then at the end, we even, you got to remember, I'm at a place, and I know y'all had a lot of teen parties too up here, but we had teen clubs, Mm. real clubs. Uh, I think, was it Rodeo Cowboy? (laughs) So we had places. And even lock-ins at the skating ring and stuff. So y'all did y'all, you know, Omaha is skate city, if y'all didn't know. Yeah. That used to be a skate city. Man. Um, but we had places where people can go out and now all of our music and stuff was geared towards having a good time. And whether you like it or not, a club is a place where you're supposed to be meeting people and mingling and typically meeting and meeting somebody you interested in or might be yes sir that's kind of the environment it's supposed to be it's supposed to so be. the music helped to push that narrative for good or for bad <laughs> <laughs> mostly good yeah. <laughs> depending on what, what we define as good um but you know really push that narrative bro and it was just a time even going into college bro that's me going into college and mm. you you also have your whole it was so many so many scenes popping off. Dipset popping off. Yeah. Shout yeah. out to, shout out to Dipset. Hey, <laughs> Jewels was my god. I, hey, you couldn't tell me I wasn't gonna be part of Dipset. Mm-hmm. Three Six was still popping off. Man, shout the, out Three Six. Uh, uh, I, I'm from Texas, so we had a whole nother club scene, bro. That and 05 and up was when we started really bumping Dallas. Dallas, Texas, kind of curated their own sound, mm-hmm. and that was Dallas is like a dance capital, bro. It's one of those cities where the, they, I call it they got dancing thugs. Mm. So some cities, people are like, oh, the nigga that dance, oh, they they cool. They ain't gonna do nah. The one that's dancing will then knock you out, and then you go run in your car, and your shit sitting on cinder blocks. <laughs> <laughs> like you got you gotta watch it. Dallas. Hey, shout out Dallas though, bro. Like, they really get down. But you know what I'm saying? It's like they they still everybody dancing. Like you see jig and all, like everybody grooving, bro. Mm. And it, and it was it's good to see, and it was about feeling good. Like you really went to club to feel good. I remember us going, and especially in college, bro. Going out, and if you didn't leave sweaty, you thought the party was sucked. Mm. If you didn't leave drenched in sweat, you thought the party sucked. Man, well, 
Shout out to them hot ass basement parties that we used to have. Uh, I had shared a a, a a meme on Instagram a couple weeks ago, and I said I could literally smell this party. Shout out to them parties. They had cost one, two dollars, three dollars to get in. I swear to God, them must be popping more than these twenty dollar parties Listen, right now. One dollar, whole basement full, and all you got is condensation on the walls because it's so hot up in that hey, Johnny, mud. Right behind us on this white wall, you will see a streak of blue. From niggas' jeans from getting twerked on <laughs> on the wall. They wall turned blue. It's a center. About, if you buy 5'8 to 6'3, it was a blue streak on the wall. Man, <laughs> man, shout out shout out to my cousin Kariba, man. He kept me in all the parties about uh, 04 through 06, man. I was scary. I didn't want to be in the parties, man. He had me in all the parties, man. Shout out to my cousin, man. Yeah, but, the man, the club is a good uh, training ground, bro. Yeah. It's a good training ground for being aware. Um, knowing knowing how to operate in different environments. But hold up, though, you saying this as somebody who don't drink, though? Yeah, I have. Fun. <laughs> if you drunk, good luck. That's all I can tell you. Uh, well, you probably had fun too. Yeah, you, you wasn't trying to be aware. Actually, your fun was not being aware. Man, but nah. See, see, E is one of the few people who who like me who don't drink. You know what I'm saying? So we be in these environments sober. It's a different feel when you're in an environment sober, especially when you ain't got to look after nobody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think a lot of people be being aware of what's going on in the club. That's how people end up getting caught and stuff. Yeah, but when I say aware, it's even understanding situation, situations that may arise, understanding what the cues are, understanding. And then the club is great for learning how to talk to people, um, cold, how to learn how to approach, how to work on your confidence. Mm. Um, if you stay at it or it can destroy your confidence, but you you learn how to read those nonverbal cues. Hmm. Should I go over there and talk to her? I do. Um, if you're not a cold, I'm like, man, let me see. If she if she brush up, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, I'm gonna teach a club one on one class. It's gonna be real fun on how to operate in, in environments like that where you're trying to talk to somebody. Um, but just that feel and learning and watching people and watching the different characters and Seeing what groups of people do this and seeing who who really is there for dancing, seeing who they're just trying to get on something. Mm. And, and, and then, like, bro, for real, for watching how the DJs curate your feelings in that environment. That's they part. curate your feelings in that environment. Mm. They are they are partly partly responsible because we only partly, mm-hmm. but they have the opportunity to dictate what you are really on because we're, we're feeding you remember like you said that most people in the club that is 21 and up they're not sober not at all so they're more their inhibitions are lowered yes sir. they're more susceptible to to cues mm-hmm. so as a dj you get the opportunity to give the vibes and get the cues that you want mm. what used to happen back in that day up until about 08 it started to shift a little mm-hmm. um most if not almost all of our music was a, said the words. I re, I'm going to say these words. Bounce, shake, twerk, flip, do that. Pop, pop. <laughs> Every song. <laughs> so guess what happened in the club? It was a lot of bouncing, shaking, popping. twerk, popping. <laughs> <laughs> and tidbit. Hey, y'all remember when uh, the last 30 minutes of the party Man, they were making an announcement. It's the last 30 minutes. Y'all better find that girl. Get her tight. You know what I'm saying? They'll set you up. They'll they set gonna, you up. They're going to play five, six butter songs. Man, slow. If these four walls could talk. <laughs> I want to make love tonight. Hey. Or, 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 or what, uh, what was it? Uh, Pretty Willie. That's Pretty Willie, Lay right? your body down. <laughs> hey. And let me take your body. Hey. Hey, I'm Luther in the shower. So, hey. you know, when we edit this and throw the auto tune on it. And we throw some raindrops in the back. It's going to yeah. sound. It's great. Sound good. You know, just keep me in, my, in mind. With the Zetas, yeah. Zetas, just keep me in mind. <laughs> I'm trying to still redeem myself from earlier. You know what I'm saying? I seen the way y'all was singing it, all of that. Man, yeah. the DJ was, the whole point of them was like, hey, man, we're not trying to leave nobody out here high and dry. You know what I'm saying? Everybody got to try to get on. We setting it up. And I ain't going to lie, when you were in some of I'm like, man. I thought I had a shot at her. She's been dancing with him for two and a half songs. I'm done. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> hey, and don't let it get serious, though. Man. Man. But, hey, that was, 
shout out to the DJs who do who did that, and if you doing parties who still do that, which is rare. Man. This gets to my point of what are we curating and what are we trying to have happen in and outside these establishments, especially like clubs. Man, what very, are we trying to have happen? Very, very powerful question, man. Because I think, like you said, we're responsible for creating and setting a tone. And like in these certain environments, if we're not playing certain music, because music is a is a conduit, mm-hmm. you know, it's vibrations. If you got a certain frequency, like music has the ability to heal. That's a deeper subject for another time. But when we out here operating and having music that's appealing to a lower nature, you know, and it's putting a certain frequency out here in the people, it's setting certain environments up to be chaotic where you could set an environment up to be romantic. You get mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, so we have to understand the power of the music that we put out here, man, and be mindful of the spaces we curate. Right. And you got to understand this ain't nothing new. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember being in the park. I remember actually, I'm going to tell a little story. I remember being in junior college. Shout out Kilgore College. Mm. We was at a party. Earlier that day, it was some things that went down with one of my little homies. Mm. And we took him to the party. I think I told you about this story. Yeah, last week. Yep. And uh, so we go to the party. So we in the party. It's cool. Next thing you know, again, we talk about looking at cues. You see the home, some homies on this side that he had beef with start gathering up a little bit mm-hmm. and start squaring off. Facing, facing one direction. They all felt like, okay. So, and then you see the other homies. I'm like, I'm looking like, all right. So they kind of gather up just in case. Next thing you know, do you know what the DJ plays? Hmm. The DJ sees it. And guess what the DJ plays? <laughs> Don't tell me he played Tear the Club up. Fuck the mother niggas. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. You know, whenever we love you that hear song, that song but in the club, you know what? When you hear that song, you better pack. start looking. Man, shout out to my guys from Deuce Four. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> shout out to my guys from the Bottoms. You know, what I'm saying y'all know who y'all is. I ain't trying to incriminate nobody, but many of niggas was slept because of, I ride for my niggas, man. The mother niggas. You know, what I'm saying so. Shout out to my guys, man. Y'all been knocking niggas out. You know, what I'm saying y'all know who y'all is, and niggas know who y'all is too. <laughs> That's yeah, hey, that's man. part of the niggas we seen when we was at Jesse. Yeah. <laughs> I, I felt it. You remember I asked you, I said, hey, <laughs> hey, bro, how, how many how many shooters in here? He was like, it, it was it was some in there. It's a couple. It's a couple. <laughs> shout out to the shooters, man. Shout out to the shooters. Don't shoot nobody no more. Let's man, <laughs> we out here giving life. Right. And that's the one thing, man, about growth, though. I can't say that a lot of those guys, man, is at a place, man, where they now contributed to community man mm-hmm. like establishing business man so shout out to the real shooters man the real gangsters is the ones that's about community don't forget that right <laughs> so yeah man just that that the dj will see and it's multiple times that sometimes you will see a dj who at certain establishments they done got so fed up or they know they look the license on the line <laughs> they see the fights but they gonna throw on that slow music and a heartbeat. I'm like, all right, we finna change this all the way up. What you mean? We finna calm it down the best we can. That ain't gonna stop. It might not stop all of y'all, but we gotta di- discharge the environment. We don't need to charge it up. We gotta bring the environment down just a little bit, just so we can get back to our regular schedule. Y'all do y'all little scuffle, handle up. But that goes that goes to emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. Like, but, why the hell would you play that song in a powder keg environment, man? I don't know. Shit. You I mean, shit, you might play that at the nursing home in a couple of Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I know a couple of people still I'm be gay, man. old ass. You've <laughs> been talking the, shit in P-Knuckle. And he got an extra jello today. You know what I'm saying? You know, they beef about the simple things. <laughs> extra jello, another pudding. So you know I, what I'm saying? Stuff like that. I couldn't that. get my blanket warmed up in this nigga. <laughs> <laughs> hey, them warm blankets is different. You start traveling, you getting the extra pillows and the warm blankets man. and stuff. Hey, them warm blankets, man. Hey, man, them airlines be looking out sometimes, especially when they know it's a long flight. Be like, oh, would you like a blanket? They bring that used to be heated up pre-COVID, boy. Man. Be out, man. Back to your baby days, man. man. But yeah, just that environment is is so dope. It could be so so dope, and and it's a. I remember clubs back in the. Remember the. When you just see depictions of like the Roaring Twenties, mm. um, even at then post depression mm-hmm. uh, in the thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, the club what they look like, bro. People went out to have a good time, to loosen up, mm. to to explore part of their sexual nature, bro, mm. without having to do the full dance, mm. or to try to get to go do the full no, dance. You're very right about that, man. And 
we were really still on that. We've been on You talk about the hip-hop golden era in the 90s. We were still on that. Hmm. People were still, and that was back when people was choreographing dances and stuff, getting mm -hmm. it in, teams, going battling, real b-boy still stuff, and then just friends clicking up and doing their little dances. That was real. Mm. A lot of people think it's just movie stuff. That was real. Right. And then going into the 2000s, even though we started twerking and doing all this, we still had that feel of, bro, we going to the club to have a good time. Like, you mm. literally was like, man, I can't wait. I got this fit. I just bought this, bro. This is fresh. Mm. Fresh fit. Mm. And I'm ready to show it off. I'm smelling good. I'm looking good. I know she gonna, she's is going to be looking good. Mm. We all on. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you, wasn't, wasn't no sweats in the club back then. Man. Now, you might have a, a sweat suit that was all matching. <laughs> Clean. Man. A track suit. But, you know, we was trying to, you know, be out and be around. And, again, sweating was a part of the nature. Even at a just a big establishment, bro, I remember a party I went to at Ohio State. When I was in Ohio, we drove down. This That was a wild night because <laughs> we ended up getting our car towed, and then my homie busted the, the window out of the person who called on us with a cinder block. Hey, hey y'all <laughs> see how he just rushed through that story? Yeah. I told so, y'all we're going to have to have a whole segment on some of these stories and just the stuff from college, man. It's crazy. But we got in. We went. First of all, it was about 20 to get in. This college, too. We ain't got that much. I ain't had that much money. I didn't get Pell Grant. I just got my Scully check, a little bit of it left over. But then it was like, hey, it's going to be 30 for a hat. I said, nigga. <laughs> Every, this is the era when everybody had hats. Mm. <laughs> so you trying to charge us 50, 60 to get in this club. I said, hell no, nah, I ain't coming here. He said, all right, man, let's just get us 200, then we good. Because mm. this is about six of, six of us. So it would have been, if we'd all paid, it had been more close to 300 or something like that. So we just paid, got the two together. And it's just being in and up there, they had like a, I went, my school was a party school, but it was in a college town. So there weren't big city stuff mm. and, and uh, Ohio State is in Columbus Ohio that's a big city metro city so they have they parties at the bigger clubs mm. being in their two story club I still remember what I had on I had on the, the tallest of tall tees <laughs> with a big ass glitter Mario on it <laughs> glitter Mario <laughs> Hey, hey, real quick though, hey, because hey, that's one thing we do talk about, like the two thousands, like everything was great. No, and I remember when stuff started first getting form fitting. You know, I was a late adopter. Yeah. You know, saying I was making fun of everybody, but damn, bro, we, one windstorm and we would fly away in the early two thousand, late two thousands. Why, why was we still keeping the orange sticker on tall T on the shirt? <laughs> just do even on the hat. You got this, just keep the sticker on the hat so then when it accidentally come off all you see is this brand new patch and the rest of it Dirty look like you've been dusting with man so man get back to the story man, man. It, it was just good being in bro being there and one getting to see some new ladies and then it's not just the college girls this is a city so you seeing the girls just the young chicks who were just in the city hmm. boy we was and this is back when I was still like nervous, so mm. I didn't really get on too much. I I didn't. I was still kind of gun shy, mm. um, and just watching my homies. They, they ain't never been gun shy, but I'm like, if they winning, I'm winning. We real supportive men are supportive in the club. I promise you. Hey, I just seen a video the other day where a little dude had got a number. Oh yeah, at the gang back. And all the, <laughs> hey, that's how it be. It's like, bro, if the homie get the baddest chick, you like, dang, you got her. It's just like the woods. Yeah, you gonna oh, you got Alicia number. Oh, she worked ten of these. Ten and oh, hey. <laughs> you, so yeah, you man. got it, Mike. Man, shout out to the homies who not afraid <laughs> to see the homies win. Man, it's, it's, it's we gotta support one another. Man. We know it's hard out here trying to get a dub. <laughs> Yes, sir. Hey, we support it. We gonna coach you up. We gonna. Yeah. Hey, we don't even know you, and we'll be like, "Hey, man. Hey, no, 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 no. You good? Just we ask me. Hey, she. Yeah, no, you good? Go, go, go to that one. Mm -hmm. yeah, you good? Hey, just, just tell her this. You good? And be for real. And we didn't. We have a lot of trust in random men when trying to get women because we. I think we all share the struggle for the most some type of struggle. Man. No matter how good you look, how swole you are, it's gonna be some type of struggle unless you just super duper rich and known. Man, you going even then? Like that's that's how people Britney Renner's and stuff because they know like 
we still suffer from a lack of confidence. You know, at the end you're of gonna the get day. us counseled saying her name. She be taking videos down left and right. Oh man, well, I don't shit. care. Hey, shout out to her, man. I just was support. I just sent y'all her video. I yeah. support what she got going on. Educating the young brothers down there at Jackson State. Do your thing. Yeah. I'm just saying that. It's a doggy dog world mm-hmm. and the artist seduction is real. And wherever somebody smell weakness or they can be able to manipulate, they will. So yes, just sir. be up on your game. Well, yeah, man. Uh, man. Now, when you talk about good times, mm-hmm. I have, we rarely seldom in the last six years have had as good of times in an establishment. Mm-hmm. And part is due to, and I think, and this is my own opinion, part is due to the scene we set up in these environments. Hmm. Our music has changed and was considered club music. Hmm. We love the trap era. Hmm. And we still kind of in it, even though the trap era coming in was about selling and the trap era now is about using. Hmm. But um, I'm just saying, because I remember when Jeezy and bro, them tracks For hit real? hard when T.I. Jeezy and them came through nah, we, and rocking, still rocking and stuff from Memphis, the originals. I about to say shit, even yeah. Gotti and them, yeah. you know, gangster Party and all of that. Not nah, definitely. It was a whole different era. Yeah. And it was definitely about how many drugs you sold as mm-hmm. opposed to how many drugs you used. So that was kind of like the start, even though we had some, we still had some fun people to come through. We had the uh, like Migos. Mm-hmm. If you wasn't in Georgia when Migos started, mm-hmm. I was in grad school in like twenty ten to twenty twelve. I think. Hey, bro, Migos, Travis Porter, them groups. Like when group hip hop came back, yeah, had the club, bro. Clubs, Rossi, parties, that was, a part, of, that was a part of the time when I wasn't listening to music like that, like mm-hmm. not hip hop music, yeah. but. 2011 all of that time period i was away from hip-hop yeah man is and and again you also had regional stuff like there's so much music to pull from it's kind of crazy that Mm -hmm. we where we where we are now um and where we are now is we're in an era where in the in these environments that's supposed to be upbeat and fun a lot of the tracks that are pumped to us to play in these environments even to the point where people are requesting them when you listen to them and even the beats they're down tempo slow 70 beats per minute mm-hmm. and they're talking about some stuff that's more personal and not about having fun hmm. or we're talking about stuff about a lot of stuff about killing <laughs> a lot of killing or being on your own and only don't fuck with nobody i'm with my homies and we're kind of reaping the benefits of that mm-hmm. and those benefits are detrimental mm-hmm. we're reaping the, those rewards right now and we're we going out and we literally kind of know like we live in the O. Mm-hmm. We know that every time we go out, for the most part, probably going something gonna happen or it's gonna get shut down. Mm-hmm. The last time we went out, and it was a big club. Mm. We went to a club. Mm-hmm. Club was cool. We was having a good time, <laughs> trying to send my homegirl off. <laughs> we just chilling. She, they was all drunk, having a great time. Great time. Next thing you know, I look across the dance floor and bop bop. Bop bop, then a whole lot of bop 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 bop. Then the cops come in, boom bop, <laughs> arrest, and then they shut it down. But what kind of music was being played? What kind of music was being played? When that crowd started swelling in, yeah, and it started taking the shift, the mm-hmm. DJ started, started shifting the that. music. Come on, man, started shifting it to kind of playing what the crowd quote. I'm gonna put air quotes on wants, mm. wants to hear. Mm. But I don't think this generation understands that that's not what the club is really for. The club is to have fun. Mm. So they just think the club is almost an extension of their their music player. Mm. They think a club is an extension of the music player. On your music player and your personal time, you playing whatever. Kind of, you might set your mood, but you kind of playing whatever, whatever you like. Mm. A club is not necessarily just for what you like. It's a again, it's about trying to dictate people to release and have a good time. So with that being said, right? Mm-hmm. With what the club experience should be, how it didn't change, how it didn't transform, being a person who curates spaces, mm-hmm. being a DJ who do these things, what's the track or who's somebody that you would love to hear in the club environment? What's the song that needs to be getting pumped more in now, the club environment? I got plenty, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give y'all one, and I know I'm gonna edit it out. But if you're following us on Spotify, you'll be able to hear the song. Okay. 
Um, if you're on the other uh, sites for podcasts, you may not be able to hear the song, but I'm going to tell you what it is. And this song is actually also in line with today's trend of flipping 90s and 2000s music. Hmm. But I believe this song is a pretty good flip of it. Okay. And um, this song is from another uh, a brother of mine that don't know me, but I know him. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you, hey, a brother of mine, he don't know me, I know him. A Nigerian brother of mine. Hmm. And this is from my brother Wale. And I seen this single come out and I heard it. I was like, that's it. Because he sampled, he decided to sample a, an amazing song from a New York artist. Hmm. From Q-Tip. Hmm. And that original song is called Vibrant Thing. Vibrant and when you know thing. Vibrant, when that song come on, vibrant you thing. get vibrant, bro. I, mm -hmm. it, is a, it is a jam, bro. Mm -hmm. And he did a really good flip of that. And he he decided to put his brother J. Cole on this song. Mm. So this song is called Poke It Out. Mm. Now, you already know there's got to be something <laughs> with the booty being poked out, right? Um, so he already setting it up to be a, a, a song for the women to bop to mm. and dance to and hopefully the men get on to. So I'm going to play y'all real quick. We're going to play a little bit of Poke It Out uh, by Wale featuring J. Cole. Listen, <laughs> I don't know anybody who could be in the club, especially if my DJs do me a favor. I'm giving you a cheat code. Please mix in original tracks and sample tracks with that track. Yep. You can do it however you feel like doing it, whatever mm. order, mixing it in and out, finding even an original track to that mm. and blending them. I don't care. But do yourself a favor and di and jockey the damn disc mm. and, and and get busy with these tracks that are sampled from other things. Mm. And even if that's a sample, find that original and sample and flip it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But get the crowd going, bro. And if you know vibrant things still ring off, especially if you are DJing a crowd that's probably over the age of 27, vibrant things gonna still go off. Right. And if you even if you don't throw this in there some kind of way, get it back on this correct tempo. You know, move. Move your tempos up and down. You ain't got to hit the sync button all the time. Move them tempos up and down mm. and, and get with it, bro. Like, mm. she got a little butt, but so what? <laughs> I like you, little booty hey, girl. Hey, what I, you I, mean? hey, listen, listen, listen to me, man. When I say this, uh -oh. I am reformed. Ha. I used to be trying to get a 10 mm. back when I was 10 plus five. You know, when I was a kid, if I see a little stretch mark, if I see a little hair, on your on your on your on your forearm i i see i see a little bit of edge missing right here that's a the little type, bit a little bit of edge missing right there that's the type of stuff that turned me on because like a lot of women is so unnatural now just imperfections make you perfect man imperfections make you perfect so i'm gonna just throw that out there like cole said don't get it twisted natural girls with natural bodies, it's still winning, man. Listen, I'm still winning. Hey, <laughs> it's okay not to have the biggest booty. Right. Because guess, now this could be a different topic, but the the industry don't care about y'all image as much as y'all think. Hmm. The industry industry cares about making money. There was money in getting y'all bigger butts and, hey, don't, and hey, car hey, bodies. That's, that's another topic. Don't yeah. go there. We ain't going to go all the way there. We almost, we almost and, at the end. Yeah, and guess what? The industry is going to flip in a couple of years and say we should be slim and trim. Yep. So they're going to start making money on cosmetics of y'all removing. But we can't talk about that. I'm just mm. telling you, this is what mm. happens all the time. You just, re just Remember, just a few years ago, everybody was on the Herbalife movement. Mm. And now everybody is on body positivity. You can be, hey- it's going to go up and down. Mm. They're trying to make money. Mm. They need it to be volatile. Mm -hmm. Boom, boom. Up, down, up, down. So it's okay. Whatever body you got. If you got that 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 dookie, that dookie shooting in the back, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> if you got a little thing in the tight, that's great. Great. <laughs> we, and I'm going to tell you, most men, they think it's great regardless. I promise you. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So don't be, hey, my little slim, my little slim gym women out here who've been feeling some kind of way, 
You still got it, girl. Man, Coy LeRae. He mentions her in the song. He said, whether you look like Meg Thee Stallion or Coy LeRae, okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, man, y'all beautiful in all the shapes and sizes. And that's it. I'll tell you this, man. It ain't your beauty. It's your confidence. Mm. Confidence go a long way. Yeah. I didn't, man. Listen. We're going to leave this alone. That's we it, talking that's about it, that's it man so we man <laughs> we've been here on the streets a and r podcast man but yeah man i, I really want to i'm telling you as far as dj um we ain't talking skill we ain't talking none of that hmm. but be be more of a lead and a curator of your environment hmm. take your part of the responsibility in your environment if you want certain things to happen in your environment you play you only have the tool of music hmm. You can have the discretion to use it as you will. For mm. the most part, we have to get into a space where we feel comfortable being who we are as artists and DJs mm. and playing what we feel my environment should have. Mm. Not taking every request, mm. not saying I got to play the, the hot song on the radio because mm. it is. If you want to do that, you should go get into radio. Mm. Radio is for radio. Mm. They have to play certain songs. You can go and do that. And it takes a skill to do that. But you go and do radio. If you want to be a free, a free form DJ like myself, I want to be known as an artist. Mm. I follow the likes of people like DJ Jazzy Jeff. Mm. I follow the likes of people like Scratch Bastard. Mm. I follow the likes of people like A Track. Mm. I follow the likes of people like Craze. Mm. These people are booked because people want to see them. Mm. They want to see them. What what they gonna play? Mm. And even people like Jazzy Jeff are so old school. He don't get on the mic. Mm. I don't like getting on the mic. I just got something to say. That's why we're doing a pod. Mm. But when it comes to DJing, I hate talking. Mm. We should get some MCs back. Mm. Let's start partnering. DJs, mm. let the MC MC so we can you can focus on what you want to focus on. Mm. And getting the MC to get the crowd hype. Bro, do you know how cool it is when you have a literal DJ and MC pair? Mm. It changes the dynamics of your of your event. Mm-hmm. It's it's like a cool thing that I'm telling you, it will change. I'm telling you, bro, it changes. I think that this is the type of conversations and this is the type of content that can help connect us back to what the culture of hip hop is. Mm -hmm. You mentioned the five pillars, but you didn't highlight them. So could you tell us what the five pillars is? What's the five elements of hip hop? So you have graffiti. Mm -hmm. That's the art. Mm -hmm. We have DJing. We have break dancing, we have emceeing, mm-hmm. and why not blank? Give me the fifth. You said you got. You said graffiti. Uh huh. You said emceeing. Yep. You said breaking. Yep. Did you say beatboxing? Didn't say beatboxing. So we got was, beatboxing. Beatboxing um, was kind of the, I won't say late addition, but it was the ability to be an instrument of your own. So not relying on the music, I can do this. Mm. And we we are in a space where it's almost these elements are coming back. I'm seeing dancers pop back off. Mm. I'm seeing people in certain genres blend with other people in genres and make uh, dope content, especially like in the dance world. Mm. I'm seeing art forms blend mm. um, different styles of artists, whether you are muralist. They're working with graffiti artists to create these dope collabs. They're, the arts are blending. The, that that is hip hop. That is hip hop. Always been that. Like you yep. said earlier, with with DJ Cool Herc mm-hmm. taking the percussion breakdowns and chopping those and taking it from alternative, taking it from different art forms, mm-hmm. different music forms. That's hip hop. Hip hop is art. Yep. And we just have to be careful as the DJs and even MCs. MCs are getting on other genres tracks. Mm-hmm. It's now it's their genre, but now that but in hip hop, the DJs, we have to be careful to remember: Are you a hip hop DJ or are you a DJ who plays hip hop? Mm. Mm. Are you a hip hop DJ mm. or are you a DJ who plays hip hop? Mm. A hip hop DJ can pull from whatever because that's the that's the nature of our art. Mm. That's why I talked about going and find those original samples because mm. now you're pulling from a different genre and you're playing it and you're twerking it, tweaking it to a place to where I'm like, wait a minute, is that? Play the original, now play the cool, t- you're like, oh, oh, I didn't know. And it's Man. pulling those genres and being able to play these different genres and still get the crowd moving. Hmm. And if you're just a DJ who plays hip hop, which typically ends up being like our urban club DJs, which ain't no wrong. I love the urban club DJs. Mm-hmm. But they, ha- they have a kind of a limit. 
It's, it's no different than anything else. Are you limited in what you do or are you not? Can you go outside of your box? Mm. And and hip-hop DJs, the people I named as DJs, I would classify them as hip-hop DJs because they have hip-hop techniques in how they DJ. DJing came from hip-hop, the art of DJing. Mm-hmm. The turntablism came from hip-hop. Mm. Touching records came from hip-hop. Mm-hmm. Pulling records back, mixing and blending. EDM is a is a subsection of how they DJ is from hip hop. I mean, they mix and blend. They just really mastered using the effects, using the 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 repeats. You know what I'm saying? They mat mm-hmm. that's that's how they mastered that, and then they have a sound to go with it. But it's the techniques. A lot of the EDM DJs know how to. They started hip hop DJing, bro. Uh, they that, get busy. Don't don't get them twisted. That's the reason why you have something like dubstep. Yeah, that have that element to it. Yep. So, so yeah, man, it's as as a DJ, as a music lover, as a music curator, as a music environmentalist, let's get back to being responsible for this stuff. Let's put it back, bro. Like, let's do this. I'm all for it. I'm I'm all for it. That's what I do when I go. People who see me DJ know that they not finna hear just what's on the radio. Mm. They also know they're gonna hear some new some new shit. Mm. They can be like, I don't know who this. Like they gonna hear something that's gonna make you move, bro. I ain't gonna cap. I didn't. I didn't brought my Shazam out a few times dealing with you. Man, that's. I'm trying to. <laughs> I'm partly. I'm trying to. Mm-hmm. And but I also have to be mindful of mixing in. It's the art form. Mixing in enough what you know nowadays, but hitting you with stuff you don't know to put you on. DJs were responsible for putting people on. Mm-hmm. DJs responsible for for testing tracks in an environment to see if they work. Hmm. It's okay to do that. Or are we afraid? No. We af- or are we afraid to get get our name selling? Man, I don't know what that is. Oh, mm. ca- I don't care. I'm, I know you don't know what it is. At some point in time, you didn't know your favorite song. You had to hear it for the first time sometime. Mm. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> that's going to, don't steal. That's on my merch. Stop playing with me. Hey. <laughs> hey so, you know, we, we're getting back to that. This is this is our role. We, we going back to environments and we making that thing rock. And I think, Especially coming out of this year, year and a half, bro. We got to get to places where we can just go and feel good. Mm. We got a lot of stuff happening. Mm. I'm tired of stuff happening in front of me in the clubs. I'm tired of having to stop people from doing, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I think that as we continue to create not only platforms, right, to expose people to different music, but create in different environments. Um, we got a poetry event coming up December 15th that we hosting at the Berry and Rise here. Yep. So as we keep throwing these type of environments, I mean, these type of events in different environments and curating the spaces we want to see, we can actually be the change we want to see, man. For sure. So come out December 15th. Yes, sir. You'll you'll get a taste of what I'm talking about, about curating the environment. If there's a time for twerk music, I'll play it. Mm -hmm. But if we doing poetry and the bass and how I'm going to tell you how I DJ poetry real quick. When the poet goes up, I try to, if I know the poet, I get a song that I know vibes with their energy and then when they leave i play a song that's based off of the poem they read mm. so now i gotta be quick and i gotta have an extensive knowledge in my library to go and pull something like that mm-hmm. but i take that serious that's the environment mm-hmm. i do it i match it mm-hmm. i want to know what's happening of course poetry so, and it's all about the vibe man you know very neo soul all of that different stuff man so i think that that's the art form that we missing um but that i'm looking forward to helping keep alive and neo soul yes sir we got if y'all want us to talk about neo soul next week mm. <laughs> let me know because it's here yeah but it's not necessarily here in the states mm. and it's not who you think singing it mm. so we saving that matter of fact let's let that's gonna be our topic next okay week. so we're gonna we're gonna handle that next week and i'm gonna make sure our mama set to handle that next week but mm. we're gonna talk about the who where is the soul mm. You know what I'm saying? Man, and we got to definitely talk about the politics of why the soul so, is being expressed where it's being expressed. Yeah. So. so, but we appreciate y'all. May, let me say something to the people. Give me, what's what's the date again? What's the event? We got the What's the Word Wednesday happening at Barry and Rise on December 15th. So that's going to be Wednesday, December 15th. Uh, doors open at 8 o'clock. We ain't asking too much. We understand that it's a lot of people out here hurting economically. So we don't want money to be a hindrance or a barrier to anybody having these experiences. So we only charging $5 at the door 
or you can come with five canned goods. We is trying to help some people celebrate the holidays and make sure that they got a little food in their stomach. I don't support it, but we definitely support our people. So mm-hmm. with that being said, oh, you got that? Go ahead. I, I got the outro, but let me also just be on the lookout. We may be doing something for New Year's Eve. Okay. We may be doing something over these 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 radio internet waves for New digital Year's Eve. Spaces. These digital spaces. Because mm-hmm. we, again, it's a new... It's a new Omarion variant floating around. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. A new Omarion no, variant. variant. So people may be thinking about being in. So I'm like, hey, all you're going to have to do, wherever you find us at, uh, make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter. At Streets A&R Podcast. That's Streets, S-T-R-E-E-T-S-A-A-N-D-R. That's the podcast. Find us there. You can find me on my individual Instagram at Johnny No Good. That's J O N N Y K N O G O O D. Yep. And you can follow the podcast. We are on Anchor. Just look up Street. If you go to Anchor, I think dot FM slash dot uh, com slash FM uh, Streets A and R, just like our Instagram and Twitter handles. Also, you can find us on Spotify. If you listen to us on Spotify, you will hear the music mm-hmm. that we talk about. Um, if you listen to us, we'll also be um, creating and making sure we get on the other podcast sites as well, such as Google, uh, Apple, and some of the other ones. So mm-hmm. just be on the lookout. We will have a link tree soon on our Instagram and Twitter. So you'll be able to go to there, click on the links, and you can find wherever we're at. And we're also on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Just Google Streets a And for the people, if you really mess with us, if you want to see us grow, we are at the dash to get to 100 follow, uh, subscribers on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Please go find us on YouTube mm-hmm. and hit the subscribe button. Mm-hmm. We are on a dash to 100. And we're going to do something for our first 100. Mm-hmm. I promise you. Oh, yeah. So when you get us that first 100, that gets us our, our official stamp on YouTube. And, that, and we'll talk about that later, what that official stamp is. But we get an official stamp on YouTube with that first hundred. So we appreciate everybody who's been listening and rocking with us so far. Um, tell your homies, tell your friends to tell a friend, uh, telephone, uh, text them, send it. Hit us up directly. We ain't hard to find. I'm Giddy Jicky with it. G-E-T-E-J-I-K-E-W-I-T-H-I-T. Um, hit us up if you got any inquiries, any questions, anything you want to talk about or need want to do business with us. You currently right now email us at streets a and r at rooted rhythm.com. Streets a and r at rooted r o o t e d dash rhythm r h y t h m dot com, and we'll get to you. That being said, we up out of here. <laughs> Peace. Uh, the beats, the beats, the flow, the flow, the rhythm, the rhythm, the rhythm. All movement starts from the streets, streets, streets saying our podcast.